Welcome to the Church Intention Podcast powered by the King's University and Gateway Church. This is a place to have a healthy conversation about areas of tension in the church and the intentions of the church. To dive deeper into the conversation and for more content, visit churchintention.com. Now, let's join the King's University President, Dr. John Chasteen, for this episode of Church Intention. Well, hey, thank you again for joining us on the Church Intention Podcast. I'm really, really excited that you're joining us. Uh, As always, I want to encourage you to comment on this podcast, post it on social media, uh, help us spread the word if you have pastors or friends. If you've been blessed by that podcast, others will too. And today, I'm really excited about this guy being in the studio with me. We're here at TKU, uh, in the TKU universe. Brent Evans is has become, I'll just say it, Brent, you've become one of my best friends. Oh my gosh. We're going to start with, We're gonna I, start I, I'm, with the, I'm overwhelmed with emotion. First of all, being on this podcast, second of all, with uh, you announcing to the world our friendship. <laughs> so, Well, Brent told me that on his text, he showed me on on his iPhone, on the text, that I've become one of your favorites. You are pinned at the top. So That's for crazy. those who are listening to this you can tell a lot by who is on the favorites list for the call list, but sure. also on your messages, you can pin nine people to the top. Top nine. And you were pinned. You're one of the nine. That's amazing. So it is amazing. Well, Brent, I, I appreciate you, but I've also learned so much from you. Brent um, is, is the CEO of EXO Marriage, and um, I really want to dig into a lot of that. But really, he he is a marketing major. He went to Baylor. Go Bears. Go Bears. And I learned today that you minored in music. Yep, did. Took music theory at Baylor. Played piano. Wanted to be, I actually wanted to be in the music production business. I wanted to produce music. I wanted to get the marketing aspect, the business aspect, and then uh, know the music background. I loved playing piano, but then um, I switched to guitar. Because, yeah, I switched to the guitar. I feel like I don't even know you. And then, uh, I mean, I was, this was back (laughs) in the 90s. So uh, Nirvana, Pearl Jam, all these great bands are coming out. So I would just download. I'm surprised this was even a thing back in the 90s, but you could go online and download that sheet music for Ah. uh, all these uh, songs that you, you would listen to. So I was just jamming out to, I'm going to say a Dave Matthews band too, but also like hey. Blues Traveler and all these bands. Blues Travelers, the harmonica. Were, yeah, that were big back in the late 90s. I, I learned something about you today. I thought I knew you, but I, I don't know But then know I got you. saved and I started doing worship. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, so I, I gave it all back to Jesus. Saved people can't listen to Dave Matthews band? They, well, now you get made fun of. Oh. <laughs> Somebody made fun of me today for, for saying that I, I, I appreciated Dave Matthews' music. He was... What? He, back really? In the, yeah. I like Dave Matthews' band. Your voice went up, <laughs> which means you're not being truthful, but I do too. I mean, so so in his heyday, I mean, he was he was amazing. I think there's, there's a little bit of a... Um, Ed Hardy vibe with him mm-hmm. in music, mm-hmm. you know, just kind of like yeah. he's, he's considered like a, an old school guy. I think he's brilliant. I think his music was amazing. Um, and that's, hmm. is this actually going to be put? I don't know. You're going to have to clip this out, guys. Great. People love um, this stuff. <laughs> so, but anyway, those are the kinds of, the, the, especially the, the alternative rock in the 90s was a big influence yeah. uh, in, in my musical Me too. Um, kind of track record. But, but I did start, uh, I led worship my dad's church in Amarillo for a while. Did you ever actually, listen to rap music? 
Did I ever listen to rap music? Um, was the Super again, Bowl this year meaningful how, is this for you? PG-13? It, hey, listen, we're talking about pre-Jesus, so we can... Was this Just answer this. Was the Super Bowl halftime show meaningful to you this year? Yes, it was. Okay, <laughs> that's all you have to say. In Amarillo, Texas, growing up, we would go to uh, Memorial Park and play basketball on Saturdays, and uh, the local uh, university there, Amarillo College, would have a university. It's a college, Amarillo College. Uh, they'd have like a... R&B rap. Mm-hmm. I mean, two live crew, too short. I mean, all these like, um, uh, really, really, uh, off the charts kind of, uh, rap would, would happen on Saturday mornings at the, uh, the basketball playground. I was embarrassed. And then we should probably talk about this is, this is, a, is this is about churches and tension. I don't know, I I don't just, know why we're talking I was about a, I was a little embarrassed, uh, when the halftime show came on and my kids were there and, um, I knew all the lyrics to all those songs. That was so great. <laughs> I was like, why does my brain still remember these lyrics? This is crazy. What hurts is that whenever people say, hey, the Rolling Stones are doing the halftime show or whoever, like our parents used to get excited for, for those, right. <laughs> that level of bands. And okay, now we're, we're, the old. Old, we're the old people. We're old. Okay. So one of the things I want, we can talk about whatever. We'll just see where this goes. But one of the areas where I I think I respect you the most is first you came on, you came on what was then called marriage today in 2005. Right. Mm-hmm. Where did you come on in what role? So I had, uh, when I started, so a little bit of a backstory, I went to Baylor for two years. Mm-hmm. I met my wife, Stephanie. I finished at West Texas A&M university. We got married in 1998, lived in Amarillo for two years. And then right out of school, I graduated from West Texas A&M. I started a company called Eternal Media mm. and we were doing, at the time, it was the dot-com boom. So we were building e-commerce systems and websites and all these sorts of things for companies. Mm-hmm. And it was very difficult to do that in Amarillo. So we moved here in 2000 uh, to Dallas and I had the company, I merged it with another group, uh, another agency, and was sort of just going back and forth with this agency life of, of taking on clients and helping them use mm-hmm. the web, which was very brand new at the, de- at the time, mm-hmm. how to leverage that for their business or for, uh, sometimes it was nonprofits. Mm-hmm. And, uh, it was a, it was a fun time. It's kind of like what crypto is now was, was the world back then. Everything mm-hmm. was just blowing up. Everyone's needing, you know, online, um, you know, being yep. able to sell online, being able to, to, uh, interact online and to communicate online. So it was, it was a fun time to take the marketing side of what I was doing and apply it to whatever the business scenario was mm-hmm. or nonprofit side. So I was with um, a group called Holland Simpson. Shout out to David Holland and John Simpson. Uh, right before I started with uh, Marriage Today, mm-hmm. and I was helping a lot of different groups just develop online strategies. So I took that knowledge, and I, my first uh, position at Marriage Today was, I think, um, uh, as a director of web and marketing for, mm-hmm. for Marriage Today, kind of in that role. And then just kind of grew from there. Well, what I, what I, well, why I was excited to have you on the podcast, podcast one is because most people, when they think exo marriage, they think Jimmy Evans because he's kind of been, um, when he was the founder, but mm-hmm. also is the face, you know, and what most people don't know is that you're the guy that is really running everything behind the scenes and to see what you've done, even just in the past few years is transforming the way that that ministry has, has led. And you've really made some really bold strategic moves that I think is important. And we may talk, you know, we may get into to, to marriage and how, pa- how pastors in their marriages and some of those sort of things. But really what you have brought to the table in Excel marriage is building the platform uh, 
for the voice to go out, mm. building the influence, building the marketing, building all those things. And I think it's important to talk about even in ministry, a lot of our listeners or viewers, um, they maybe they know how to do ministry. They know how to preach. They know how to do that. But we don't always do the best job in this day and age, in this culture of getting the voice out. And, and you're brilliant in this way. And I, and, I, and I really respect you in that. So one of the things you do that I want you to talk about that, that I think was a pivotal, but really a big leap of faith in a lot of ways for most of the ministry um, existence, it was on TV. Mm-hmm. It was Daystar, TBN, all those sort of things. And it's still on Daystar Little, mm-hmm. I guess. Um, but you made this radical move to really make a massive shift there. So kind of walk us through what you saw coming or what was already happening. And one, how did you convince Pastor Jimmy to do that? Because that's a big move. So yeah. like, tell us how that came about and why. Well, he started the ministry in 1994 and is either TV or radio. He had two options to, to do something yeah. on a massive scale. So he started it with the, the, the vision for television. There were already radio, radio ministries out there. But he really had a, a passion to to create a visual medium for marriage. WGN was their first station they were on, and then they kind of gravitated towards the TBNs and Daystars of the world. Uh, it was probably like 2015 that I had a conversation with my dad, and the board was sort of starting to look at me as the next visionary leader of the organization, which freaked me out because my dad was preaching and teaching when he was 29. I had I've never still never preached a sermon. You know, mm. I'm not I'm not that type of person. So I told yeah. the board, I said you know, you guys are looking for Jimmy Jr. I'm not him. Mm. And I said, I don't have, I don't have the passion or the desire to do that. So if that's what you're looking for, I don't know that I'm your guy. And they said, well, we really do believe you're the the next visionary leader. So we're just going to figure all that out. And that took me on a process to figure out kind of who I was, but also who the ministry was, because Mm. it was defined by Jimmy Evans, the television ministry, and so much of his content. So you, you talk about, let's just talk about Christian television, for example, and we have great friends at Daystar and TBN, and I respect uh, both those ministries. But if you go past a certain age point and below, yeah. nobody's watching them. Yeah. The, the, I don't I don't personally know anybody that's still got cable uh, and somebody that is going to go to their Apple TV and yep. go to a separate app just to watch stream yep. those those channels. Uh, there are There is an audience for there, but I just don't know enough of those people to be able to have some sort of confidence that we could build that for the future. Yeah. So I was having a conversation with my dad and I just said, if in 20 years we're, we're still relying on Christian television and we're doomed and we're not, we're not going to be able to make it. Not only is Christian television, you know, in the whole ESPN, all of them, they were all yep. dealing with massive yep. uh, departures of viewers, massive. So you, Christian television wasn't the only one, but, but there was a lot of people leaving Christian television. And so for us, we were spending majority of our budget on Christian television. Mm-hmm. We were trying to get results from it, but it was all going south. The none another numbers were going up. They're going yeah. south. So I told my dad, I said, we've got to, we got to make a change. And he said, well, what is it? And I said, I don't know right now, but I'm, we've got to do something. Mm-hmm. So we, we've started a process of what I was going to say too, is we, we had a show on marriage. So if you're watching Joel Osteen on right. Sunday mornings and the next show's on marriage and you're not married, you're immediately turning off. it off. So we, we, were, we were just up against it when it came to that. And my dad was a great communicator. A lot of people just watched it because of my dad. Mm-hmm. But, it, but it was also, when he was talking about marriage, it just was, was very nuanced. So we, um, I, so my dad was, uh, for a period of time, you know, sort of dealing with church stuff outside of, of marriage today. And uh, it left me to kind of start tinkering with um, the, the formula at the, at the ministry. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, it allowed me to bring in some additional voices. So it's not just my dad anymore. It's, it's multiple voices. It allowed me to create different streams of revenue yep. a- away from um, uh, the television model. You know, you look at, at people like Ben Shapiro at the Daily Wire and mm-hmm. they're crushing it. Mm-hmm. Why are they crushing it? Well, you know, you take a guy like Ben Shapiro, he's not too different than a Jimmy Evans type. You know, mm-hmm. they both are producing content. Mm-hmm. But Ben Shapiro's podcast is crushing it and he's making, you know, eight figures on his podcast. Well, why can't we do take even a slice of that pie on, mm-hmm. on our side for a podcast network? Mm-hmm. So we developed a podcast network, YouTube, started monetizing on YouTube. Publisher. We started a publishing arm because God bless the publishers, all of them. But I just, I just have, <laughs> they take have, a big piece of the pie. I just have too many war stories um, for, from the publishing industry. So yeah, we started Exo Publishing. That's done really well uh, and created just a, a dynamic where not just one thing is, is the crux of every bit of the future of the ministry. Yep. We can, we can turn on and turn off some things. I've, uh, since we're not a church, I've sort of aligned more to business principles. So mm-hmm. brought on a COO last year. Uh, we have a very sophisticated marketing and, and digital team yep. and uh, an events team. So what we're trying to do now, what I'm trying to do now specifically is uh, capture the next generation coming and getting married. Mm-hmm. I don't want to lose them, but I'm also trying not to lose the people my right. dad influenced for so many the years. Yeah. So that, that, that takes, hard. that takes um, intentionality and it takes time and it takes, um, you know, I have to have conversations. I just had a conversation with uh, a donor who came in and wanted to give a gift to our new building that we're building. And he said, I'm, I'm still going to call it marriage today, even though I know it's called Excel marriage. I said, that's great. You, you can call it marriage today. It's, it's still my dad's. My parents have a podcast. They were just recording it today called marriage today. It's their podcast. Yep. Um, their, their social channel is still marriage today. That's, yeah. that's their brand, but we have other sub brands. Yeah with different couples uh, that, that allows us to have that flexibility of content of not just if my parents can't show up and do the, the podcast for some reason, we have other couples still uh, doing stuff. Yep. So it just, it just sort of helps to relieve the pressure of the future of the ministry. Yeah. And it's also, diversified. Not re- yeah, it's not relying on me either. So, well, I, I love this and I think it's important to our listeners because I think a lot of times what I admire about you is I think a lot of times um, we see this a lot. We see a, the succession plan. And we're going we're gonna to see a lot more of this in future years with all of these churches that are coming to that maturity where, you know, a lot of times the temptation might be for the next generation to just conform and be, be that same model. Okay, my, I watched this person do it for all these years. I just need to try to step up and try to be that person. And you could have done that. You could have tried to do that. And I think you probably maybe could have leaned, leaned into that and gotten good. But instead of trying to be your dad, you just said, this is who I am. And this is what I have to bring to the table. And if this can help. And I think that's really, I think that's really important for even some of our listeners that may be in that situation where either they're the one that's fixing the past the mantle, or they may be somebody, whether it's family related or not, what, what are, what giftings and talents do I have to bring to the table to help this organization mm-hmm. and this ministry become all that, that it could be. So how, how did your dad do through that process? Like, does he, was he reluctant or was he like, okay, Brent, I trust you. Like, how, how yeah, did that go? I think there was some, uh, yeah, there was some, he was, he was great. And we're, we're, we're good friends. So he's also my top nine. So he's up there in the top nine of <laughs> favorites. So we, we're buddies. We, we love each other. Uh, we have a great relationship, both uh, offline and, and when we're working together. So we can have real conversations and my dad's a very strong leader. He's very 
type A personality. So he doesn't hold anything back. He'll mm -hmm. tell you what he's thinking. <laughs> yes, he will. Uh, and we had, and so, but I had to learn how to deal with that and also kind of uh, develop my own yep. style of leadership and have hard conversations with him and, and mm -hmm. us be able to work through those things. But he was great. He's always been patient. He's always been uh, very supportive and encouraging, but coming in, he, he wants to see results. And so the, the good, good thing for me was very quickly, we started seeing some results mm -hmm. from some of the fruits of the labor, not, it, it wasn't over overnight where it was at the heyday of the, of the television ministry. Mm -hmm. Very quickly, we started seeing some some wins, and that's just developed over time. So there's there's just more and more uh, things that have come online that all pulled together. It's a, it's a much healthier uh, ministry. So my dad now, he loves it. So uh, this is the first time this ever happened. Kansas City event. We had an EXO in Kansas City. Mm. Uh, shout out to City Center Church in in. Um, Lenexa, Kansas. This this was a, one of our first times there, and one of our board members passed away, uh, and my dad and I had to go to the funeral, mm -hmm. and so he couldn't be at the conference, and neither could I, because this this was a close family friend. So this was a conference that um, Ed and Lisa stepped in, and, mm -hmm. and uh, Young, and uh, we had Dan Leanne and Naroop and Dave and Ashley. We had a great lineup yeah. uh, there, and the pastors there. My dad wasn't there for for the first time ever. Your uh -huh. dad wasn't there. And we have a we have a conference coming up, a date night at Keystone Church. Mm -hmm. Shout out to Brandon and Susan. And uh, my dad's not a part of that either. It's wow. it's Brandon and Susan. It's Dave and Ashley. It's Naroop and Sean and Lynette. And we're gonna have a full house there as well. So it's, I think my dad. I asked, I asked him that. I said, is that is that is Bob, that something? Yeah, yeah. You, yeah bother you, you. Does it bother you that you're not always um, there and. He goes, I love it. He said, absolutely. I, I love that. It's, it's actually, uh, it frees me up to continue to do what I do best, but, but I don't have to be at every single one. Um, well, and I, I love the transition that you've made there too, that you're in the process of making because most churches, most organizations, if there's a pre, a, a key prominent figure, I think what we, we just assume, or we think that we got to find the next prominent figure. And what I love about about the model you're you're taking is it wasn't about trying to find the next Jimmy Evans. Um, it was about diversifying the speakers. And so if you go to an EXO conference now, there's going to be a multitude of really, really talented speakers. And Jimmy's usually there, but Jimmy can't do this forever. And so talk about that. Like, where do you see the ministry going? Um, you know, where, whenever that day comes, hopefully it's hundred years from now, which is impossible. But when, when Jimmy can't do this anymore, what does EXO look like? Yeah. Um, so there's, there's a few things in play right now where I'm, so I'm trying not to be all things to all people. I know my lane, I know mm -hmm. the lane of EXO, what we're trying to be. So there's some other great marriage ministries out there, family ministries out there. I'm trying to design EXO to be a certain flavor. So mm -hmm. you can, you can kind of know what you're going to get when you show up to a conference, when you go to our website, mm -hmm. social media, whatever it is. So in order to do that, you have to find content contributors that fall into certain categories. Mm -hmm. And so there's there's great speakers and, and great talent out there. Not all of them have a marriage message. Not mm -hmm. all of them are qualified to have a, a marriage message. Some of right. them they have to have a good marriage themselves. <laughs> yeah. And so that's that's there's there's all these nuances. And then my dad, you know, he's got he's got wisdom, but he's got humor. He's mm -hmm. got practicality. So if somebody like there's clinical psychologists out there that are brilliant, they've never <laughs> yeah. walked through the the, yeah. the fire. So just because you have the knowledge doesn't mean you have the wisdom that comes with it because yep. you've gone through it. So my parents almost divorced. That's real. Mm. They have they have a story to tell. So a lot of our speakers have personal stories. Mm -hmm. They have wisdom. They have uh, mixed with humor, but also meaty content. So that mm -hmm. no matter where you are on the on the spectrum of marriage, just getting married, you've been married for a while, 
you can find something that's going to apply to your, you. to your marriage. So that's kind of the template for trying to find voices going forward. Uh, so I'm 44, however long I'm, I'm doing this, my hope is I can pass the baton to the next generation mm-hmm. in the metaverse or wherever it is <laughs> and give them a chance to uh, take the EXO brand, the EXO, what we're doing, and apply it to future generations. So yeah. this, this, should, this should be a ministry where 100 years from now, it's still going at a pace where content's coming out that's relevant, practical, yeah. uh, applicable for where people are, that people can consume, and it's not overly, that we don't lose biblical values, but not overly churchy to where they can't hear yeah. it. That's, that's the last thing you want. I, I want to, for our listeners, a lot, of, a lot of our listeners are in full-time ministry, not necessarily all of them, but I think there's a, there's a cool um, parallel here between kind of the transition you took XO through from predominantly TV ministry to now more focused and diversifying and like across lots of different platforms and, and marketing and really your expertise of marketing and, and the, the way you've led that. I kind of see this parallel between the way church used to be done and the way church is going to be done. Maybe it's not even there yet, but I think in a lot of ways it is. And we see some people that have really tapped into this, Mike Todd, some of these, some of these guys that have really tapped into the marketing of this. Um, what would you say would be some really easy first steps? Because the average pastor out there, you know, a pastor that's pastoring a church of 200, 400, 500, they don't have massive staffs. They don't have podcast staff and they don't have all of these resources. But one, maybe, maybe try to convince them the importance of leaning into this space a little bit more. Um, but then are there some easy things to do to kind of just begin that process yeah. of, of trying to get out of one system and have the boldness and the faith and the courage to, to lean into this space a little bit more? Yeah, I think you're going to have to get outside your comfort zone a little bit. You're going to have to do some things that you might not be always uh, prone to do, uh, meaning like a podcast. Uh, somebody asked me the other day, should I do a podcast? And I said, there are a billion podcasts out there. There's, yeah. there's so many podcasts. However, podcasts are like the new book. Like if you don't have a podcast, you're almost like, you're not on the scene, you know, to some degree. Right now, what happens is because there's there are so many podcasts, but there are so many because people started them and then they never touch them again. So they'll mm-hmm. go and they'll do yeah. like six episodes and then it's done, and then they're done. So the the um, I think the frustration that some pastors might feel or ministry leaders is they start something they don't see results, mm-hmm. so they just give up. Stop. You got to keep with it for a while. It mm-hmm. takes it takes time to develop it. There's there's always going to be this this tipping point or, or moment where. You've, you've got a, a, a change of wind and direction with what you're working on. But if you're authentic and you're doing something with the right intention and you're putting time and effort into it, uh, it's, it's not a guaranteed formula, but it's pretty for sure that at some point you're going to find your tribe. You're going to have enough viewers tuning in. They're going to mm-hmm. tell their friends and then, and then they're going to be able to build from there. But it's very, very rare that it happens overnight. Mike Todd, uh, first of all, he's super talented. He's got, he's got gobs of, uh, of, of talent when it comes to, how he translates his message into the the visual aspect of it, yep. and and the relationship goal series that he had, he'll say he said it on a podcast I was on with him one time. He said that just something happened. Yeah. Just that's what lit the spark for him. He was already out there doing stuff. He was doing stuff on YouTube and stuff. But that relationship goal series is mm. what set him on a trajectory like no other. So. Uh, it's it's hard to def- define what that is right now for my dad. It's his end times message. That's yeah. that's what's putting him in uh, a different orbit. Is just he's got a message right now that resonates with a lot of people. Mm-hmm. So I'm trying to do my best just to give enough fuel to it to where it reaches the maximum amount of people. Yeah. 
that's what you're hoping for in ministry is that your message will go far and wide. I think some people just need to have lower expectations. Mm-hmm. They may not. Have, they may not be the the Craig Groeschel of the world. Right. You know, the, the leadership podcast that they start may not have as many followers as Craig. That's okay. If your goal is is metrics, that's your only goal, and I think you're going to be frustrated all that's along really the way. That's really good. Yeah, that's really good. So, um, what what challenges? is a pastor going to have to, you said you're going to have to get outside your comfort zone. Um, what do you think some of those challenges might be for them? Does that make sense? I don't know that I'm communicating that no, I understand right away. Um, maybe it is just coming down to just, just to have the courage to try it, stick with it, try yeah. something that you're comfortable with and stick with it for a little while. Maybe it's just think, as simple as that. I think there's a, there's a, there, there's a tendency amongst uh, everyone really inside church, outside the church, just in business or whatever to try to emulate people mm-hmm. and, and try to become like trying to be Mike Todd. Mm-hmm. And then that comes across, like I said, as inauthentic and, and you don't have that. You, you don't have, Mike Todd is unique. He's yeah. just, he just is. And, and, and Steven Furtick and you go down the list of people. I mean, nobody, there will never be another Joel Osteen. His story is so unique yeah. and his message of hope and how he delivers it and all that kind of stuff. So you can't, you, so what I look at, so like with the Ben Shapiro's or the Joe Rogan's, I'm looking at the behind the scenes of mm-hmm. how they're doing what they're doing, building the platform. And then the message is really up to the person delivering it. So the cover zone I'm talking about is a lot of times pastors are feeling comfortable in front of a microphone like this mm-hmm. talking. This mm-hmm. is, this is a dynamic that's unique. We're having a conversation. We're really close to one another right now. We can touch <laughs> <laughs> close to one another. There's cameras here. Uh, this is, this is a, uh, an environment where a lot of pastors feel like they need to be either super polished Yep. Or sometimes I can be super casual. So you kind of yep. have to know the medium, what you're talking to. And so being on stage preaching a message on a, on a weekend is totally different mm-hmm. than doing a YouTube video or, or being real on social media. So my dad will never get a phone and go, what's up, guys? Just here doing right. the podcast with uh, well, see, John. I think, that, I think that's what I'm referring to because you and I have talked about this. So you're, you're in my view, really, really talented in this space. And you're coming to me sometimes saying, John, you should do this and you should do this and you should do this with your social media and with this and with this. And I think the comfort level for me is that, is that, and, I, and you're constantly kind of telling me this is crazy. Um, honestly, what I struggle with is I, I don't like to self-promote. I just, yeah, I feel icky doing it. I feel, and I think that's maybe the struggle for a lot of pastors is, um, you know, people that help run my social media might tell me, Hey, yeah, shoot a video of yourself. And, you know, I'm, I'm like, I just, I'm not the selfie guy. It's hard for me to, hey guys out there. It's just like, there's parts of it that feel, if I'm being really honest, there's parts of it that feel um, uh, un, unbiblical. <laughs> like we're, we're not called to, to promote ourselves and it's not about me. And so I think I, I know the answer to that. And I know, I think I know about what you're going to say. And I agree with you about that it's not about me. I'm getting the, I'm getting <laughs> yeah. the message out. It's about in, encouraging people. But there's a part of making it look like it's all about me that feels gross. Yeah, I and get so it. I think that. that's part of getting out of my comfort zone is is saying, okay, maybe this isn't self-promotion. Maybe I'm people are wanting to hear what I have to say about a topic or a situation because I'm helping them, I'm encouraging them or I'm challenging them. 
So maybe it's getting, maybe the comfort for me is getting outside of the discomfort of saying, no, this isn't about me and everyone look at John. Uh, it's about, I have something that I want to help people yeah, with. Yeah, but I think there's a difference. When you see a, a pastor change his clothes to be different for the, you know, whatever generations, that's, that, that doesn't feel like it's it's genuine to, like you've seen it, skinny jeans or whatever. Mm-hmm. For a while, people pastors were just trying to, trying their best right. to be relevant. Look the part. Looked the part, but it looked ridiculous to some degree because it's like they didn't look like they really belonged in those clothes. Like a you know, 60 year old wearing skinny jeans. <laughs> yeah. And, yeah. It was just, you know, it's just one of those things where they're trying their best. And to some degree, you know, you want to, you want to be able to, but if I was, if I was relying upon myself to uh, become, I don't know, get tat, tatted up and to, to reach a group. You'd look great with sleeves. I've thought about that. I don't you, know. You would look great. I don't know I'd, if Stephanie would be into it, but I, I just have a hard time committing to that much. Uh, you, you could get the a tattoo on the side of your head. I could to do the Mike Tyson thing. Sorry, I don't know why I went there. But. <laughs> anyway, so the, the 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 designs that that uh, I think the younger people want, or the the styles, or whatever it is, this is what I've said here because I've had conversations with people about books. Um, specifically, uh, one of our EXO speakers, she didn't have a book, and he was like, "I just I, I feel weird being on stage saying buy my book." And I said, "That's great." I said, "I understand that," but however, I feel weird with that too. I said. There are people in the audience. You only have 30 minutes for your message at the most. I only give you like 20. You give me 20 minutes. <laughs> How do you preach a sermon in 20? Okay, people I'm love not, that. I'm, uh, I'm going to let that go. Yeah, well. I forgive you. Well, you squeezed out the biggest idea and, and you did a great did job. A, okay. Yeah, you did a great job, uh-huh. but I got you to, to keep it keep Imagine it what I could do with 25 minutes. Oh, man. <laughs> so the, 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 this, this moment where they are, are giving a message for 25, 30 minutes, whatever it is, and then... People want more mm-hmm. and you're, you're, uh, you're giving somebody the opportunity to get more of that message. Mm-hmm. Now, if you're just writing books just to make money, then that, again, that's going to come across as inauthentic. But if you have a message that God's given you, that is, um, part of, you know, what, what you're trying to minister through and yeah. you're give a portion of that and you say, Hey, if you want more of this content, it's in a book. Yeah. That is a way that people consume, um, their, their, their ministry these days. So yeah. why would you not do that? Mm-hmm. And yes, it, it, I've seen people peddle books in a gross way. Yeah. It, it just feels ridiculous. It's, it's, it's at the altar ministry, yeah. you know, or whatever it is they're yeah. doing it at times where the Holy Spirit's moving and then yeah. they're plugging a book. You know, you, you've got to be more mature than that, obviously to, mm-hmm. to do that. Uh, so in the space of, uh, of what you're talking about, you know, in ministry of, of being on social media or whatever, and it kind of feeling gross, uh, the world has changed. Mm-hmm. The world has changed mm-hmm. and you're not going to reach certain people yeah. unless you have the ability to message them through the ways they're consuming media these days. Yeah. There's going to be a generation that come up, TikTok, YouTube, they're the primary sources of all information. Wow. And if you're not on TikTok and you're not, you don't have to be doing dances on TikTok in order to be an influencer <laughs> there. It's just, I think this is what people have in their mind is that right, they, the they have to be dance. a certain way. Uh, they have to dress a certain way. I think it's just about being real, giving access to yourself yeah. in a real way that allows you to uh, be a reliable source of, I don't know, encouragement or you mm-hmm. know information, whatever it is. The people I follow on social media are all funny meme accounts because I don't want to go to social media. <laughs> we constantly send memes back and forth uh, we to do. each other all day. I, I never go on Twitter because it's so toxic. I get on I Twitter and my blood pressure just rises. I deleted my Twitter account. I probably shouldn't have done that, but I did. Oh, you, I, I'm bravo. I, I need to delete. The, I deleted the app. I need to delete my account too. Um, but Facebook's the same way. I don't like being on Facebook no, that I don't much. Use Facebook. So Instagram, I get on there because it's my, it's my core group of people that I want to mm-hmm. know about their lives or whatever. And then 
um, it's the it's the funny memes. So do you have a TikTok account? I don't. No, because of the Chinese government. I'm, oh, you don't I'm, want them? They're sus. <laughs> no, I, I just I don't I don't have any desire to be on Snapchat or TikTok. Me neither. Me neither. So what, tell us about the the new building. So XO yeah. is building a new building, which will be the only marriage ministry to, building. To our knowledge, it's the only building with marriage on the outside, showcasing that it's for marriage. Yeah, that solely. It's like the whole building's dedicated to marriage. Um, yeah, it's it's here in Southlake. Uh, Gateway Church donated the land back in 2016. Uh, very grateful to for all their support. And we just broke ground uh, last month. Was yeah. it two months ago? Yeah, I was there. We uh, we had a groundbreaking ceremony. It was fantastic. And yeah, there's, there's about to be concrete poured over Which there. Really exciting. They're, they're moving dirt. Um, we have... Yeah, you know, the builders, Ben Pogue's our friend. And Ben mm-hmm. Pogue is, mm-hmm. uh, he owns a company that's building the building. And uh, they're telling us it's like 10 months because it's, it's, a, it's a quick build because we already have the materials. We mm-hmm. bought them in the, in, the, mm. in the 2021 kind of time frame to get ahead of all of the supply chain issues. Gotcha. So it really shouldn't be that complicated. Uh, I just don't believe any timelines <laughs> yeah, these days yeah. i know always add a, always add 10 percent. yeah so we we uh but it's it's going to be a fantastic building so first floor is all ministry space second floor is admin third floor is shelf space right now hopefully for future expansion and whatever we're doing so what's something that that you know a lot of a lot of us are trying to catch up with where culture is now trying to get our ministries um relevant enough to to meet this current happening what do you think's gonna happen like when you when you think into the future, like what do you think some of the next steps are? Are there any other big disruptors coming that you sense? Any any more big shifts? Or do you think it's going to kind of be the way it is for a little while? Do you think social media is going to change? And maybe you don't know. I'm just out. You, you know this space better than me. So do you, what do you think are some of the next challenges or opportunities that are coming? I mean, I don't know who who, who else listening to this, if, if there are pastors or church leaders, but I feel like I feel like the whole world changed in 2020, 2021. Completely. I still don't feel like pastors, the pastors I'm dealing with fully understand how to navigate. They don't realize how many people are still watching online because mm-hmm. they don't want to come back to a physical church. They've yeah. gotten, they've gotten used to watching things virtually. Yeah. I've, I have friends, I've talked to them. They, they loved the cadence and the rhythm of yeah. watching church uh, online. And I'm trying to encourage them. Hey, you know, you should come back um, where we are right now. And most churches that, I'm I'm noticing our 60% uh, mm-hmm. where they were pre-COVID. Mm-hmm. And will that slowly come back? I think so, but I still think there's been a psychological shift mm-hmm. in the minds of, of, of most people. They're getting um, used to having more influences in life. So they they realize they could just watch any church service. Mm-hmm. So I think pastors need to uh, have an understanding that people's minds are different when it comes to church. That might slowly come back to where it was before COVID. Mm-hmm. I'm not seeing it right now. I'm mm-hmm. seeing that you have to have a digital presence, uh, a very sophisticated digital presence, or else you're going to, you're going to leave so many other people behind. If you're just trying to get people back into physical church yeah. without having still the mind that there's a lot of people watching uh, remotely, then I feel like you're still, you're still, you're still ignoring a big portion of, of the congregation that's enjoying the content. They don't feel connected. I know there's still a lot I mean, Craig Rochelle. I know who's, who's a friend of yours. I mean, he is the leader in that space. I mean, mm-hmm. he, he started the first online church and now he's got a metaverse church. Metaverse. Uh, and so you don't have a metaverse marriage ministry yet? And, and that might sound ridiculous, but you, you'd be surprised in five years, 
you know, I don't know that everyone will. I, I don't. I don't want to wear the VR headset. I just don't. <laughs> Even the other totally day, look cool wearing one of those. We we were walking. We went to Evo over here. They just opened up in yeah. Town Square. It's like a yeah. pin stack kind of place. And as you're getting in line to get your cards or whatever, there's a, a VR game right here. Mm-hmm. And so you're watching these people, and they <laughs> they look ridiculous because they're like a fool because they have this head, this headset on. They're just like swiping and stuff. <laughs> and my son was wanting me to play with them. I was like. Sorry, Luke. We're not gonna we're not gonna play that. I couldn't make myself sit in there and do like you know just look like a fool yeah. in front of people walking by. Uh, and that's kind of what I feel right now is uh, you know it, until it gets to a point where it's more AR, where you have you know a uh, sunglasses yeah, on or yeah. something that it won't really take gives you a like Tony Stark kind of feel that yeah. you can you can see things other people can't see, but you're still in uh, this space, right? Until it gets to there, I don't think there's going to be enough adoption rate with it. I personally don't believe. Now, there's another pandemic and things shut down. VRs may go way up. Bobby Greenwald said that, too. He was on Kerry Newoff's podcast, which we're going to have on our podcast soon, um, by the way. But Bobby kind of told him the same thing. Until until how it's delivered changes a little bit, he's not sure it'll ever really take off. Are there any big things that you can share? Maybe some of them are too, you know, early on in the process or you can't just share. But are there, are there anything? Op, future opportunities or things you're looking at doing at XO because I know you're always big in diversifying and more ideas and let's 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 do this let's do this do this do this which I love I, I love how you think out of the box on on so many different levels are there any new ones that you see coming up that that you would jump into I know you've followed Bitcoin you followed Metaverse you followed all these things uh, crypto all these different things that are happening. Is there any of that that's causing you to think differently about what's coming next? Mm. I don't. I don't know that I've, I'm thinking differently about what's coming next uh, right now. I do think that you have to be extremely nimble and quick mm-hmm. to pivot. Like yeah. you have to be. Yeah. And if you're in an organization that can't do that, uh, it's just it, it causes it causes problems. So you, mm-hmm. in, in order to do that, you have to have a culture that's okay with that. You have to have a leader that's okay with that. Yep. You cannot ever go, this is the way we've always done it. This is the way we're going to continue to do it until Jesus comes back. If you do that, you're just burying your, your feet in, in the sand and you're just, you're, you're, you're not moving with, with the rest of the world. Yeah. So I just think that you have to be uh, willing to try different things. I tell my team that all the time and they get a little bit, so you can wear them out on the, on the other end yep. of the spectrum by, yep. by constantly doing stuff. So I try to keep a core that's consistent, but I'm always coming in going, Hey, let's try this. Let's do this. Let's just. Just to see if it works. I, don't, I mean, it may not. Mm-hmm. Um, it's okay if it doesn't. You don't want to embarrass yourself. But I'm, what God's been telling me recently in my heart is um, it, it's not. he's not going to give the reward to the safe move. It's going to have to be mm. the, the, the step of faith, the, the risk. It's really good. There has to be some sort of risk involved yep. to, in order to, I think, reap the reward uh, of whatever it is. So I'm thinking about stuff that gives me gets me into... Um, that is a risk. I mean, it might, it might, mm-hmm. it could, could be a massive failure and it's a step of faith. But, but also if you believe in it enough, why wouldn't you try it? And there's a line from Anchorman too. Like, I'm going to get, I'm going to get this wrong, but <laughs> they're sitting the around theologian. <laughs> they have to get, I think they have to get like some sort of ratings or they get re-yanked. I can't remember what, what the whole scene was, but, <laughs> but Ron Burgundy says, why don't we just give people what they want instead of trying to, you know, <laughs> try, instead of trying to do news the our way, why don't we just give people what they want? And he was, and somebody said, what are you talking about? He's like, 
let's just give them what they want. And they started doing like uh, police chases, you know, from the helicopter and like cutting into all this stuff. But I, I think about that, that, that line, that scene where he's just like, why don't we give people what they want? So I think sometimes we try to um, be too cute with huh. the content. Yeah. Sometimes people just want certain things that you just need to give them. I mean, you mm. might not like talking about certain things, but first of all, marriage, if you're a pastor living out, out there right now and you want to know how to get people to your church, I'm not trying to, it's not a shameless plug. Marriage, marriage ministry, yeah. ministry will get them there yeah. 100% of the time. You have a, you have a class, you have a, a group, you have a weekend, whatever it is that, that you, you can promote, promote outside your church and yeah. inside your church. Yeah. Marriage is a, is a felt need in every community. Yeah. Everyone has, and, and you, and you bring in couples, you get them healthy and then they turn into some of your best uh, congregation members. So it's, it's, it's about, but you might not, you might not have a great marriage. You might not feel comfortable doing that. I mean, mm-hmm. I understand that. There's mm-hmm. a lot of pastors out there right now that um, they're struggling privately in their own marriage. Let's talk about that for a second, because you know we've talked mainly about EXO and the marketing side and the strategic side and the creativity side. But really, going back to the core of of what EXO is, it's marriage. Mm-hmm. It's, you guys are all about seeing marriages healed and healthy. And I love what Jimmy says is. There's a hundred percent chance of success in marriage if you do it God's way, and so even for some of our pastors out there, what are either for themselves or for people in their congregation? And I know you're not as much on that side at XO, the the you know the ministering and the preaching side of it. But what are some trends, you guys? If there's any, you know, in this post COVID, um, are you guys seeing certain things that? marriages are struggling with more than other areas or there specific things or any trends you're seeing? I don't you know that there's or, anything new in the marriage space. That's so that, true. <laughs> that's problems that have, you know, there's the same old thing. I mean, communication, uh, you know, just making, making poor choices when it comes to, you know, how you treat your spouse, mm-hmm. uh, giving up on the things that made you fall in love. Churches out, you know, senior pastor, the position of senior pastor is one of the hardest jobs on the planet. Mm-hmm. And I, I say that with firsthand knowledge of what my dad's gone through. And people think, ah, pastor, that's an easy job. All they do is give them preach. Well, they do. They don't do anything. <laughs> uh, the stress of a church on a pastor is 24 mm-hmm. seven, seven days a week, 365. You never, and, and people want access to you all the time. So yep. especially for a smaller church, yep. when you get a larger church, you have a team of people there, but most, most churches don't have a large team. Mm-hmm. So the pastor's doing most of the work. And so, the marriage automatically gets pushed down the line yep. because you have weddings and funerals and, you know, church leadership, you know, uh, staff meetings and then the weekend services and all that. Yep. So what happens is, is that the the marriage at some point just frays so much that they can't keep it together mm-hmm. publicly anymore. And um, I also, I honestly think that sometimes pastors um, make some of those mistakes because they don't know how to make it work anymore. Yep. Their, their, their home life is miserable. They're miserable at work. And that's real. And it's unfortunate because burnout is, should not be the case when it comes to um, church life. You should be able to, to be a pastor and, and sustain that for a long period of time. Some people know how to do that well, but mm-hmm. just naturally you're going to go through times where the church is just wearing you out. Yep. So I just, yeah. So we can, we can kind of wrap up with this, with this final, final thought. Um, I just kind of thought about this as we were talking there's, there's people out there who aren't preaching. They're not even pastors on staff, um, but they may be in a role similar to you where they may not be the CEO, but they're this, they're this guy or girl that's behind the scenes, marketing, video content, 
audio, all the things that help make ministry happen so that somebody can walk on the stage and deliver a message to heal a male, to heal a marriage or to heal um, someone's soul. What would you say to those people? Like, how have you, I'm assuming you have figured out how to realize that you're doing ministry just as much as the preacher. You know, you, a lot of people, I go to the EXO conferences and when you, when you guys are kind enough to let me speak, I usually try to mention you before I preach, you know, no, I appreciate it because I love you so much, oh, man. but but really everyone just thinks XL marriage, Jimmy Evans, but really behind every face of a ministry, there are, and I can kind of even say that because I, I have a, you know, there's a church that I pastor and when people think victory church, they may think John Chastine, but the truth be told, I'm a very small part of what really happens. Mm. And I'm a very small part of the real ministry that happens throughout the church. So there's, there's got to be people out there who feel like fairly insignificant or they're not a part of, of doing the real ministry and the real work. Have you wrestled with that? Have you ever had times where, you know, no one knows who you are or is, is there moments where that creeps in or have you, you know, convinced yourself or encouraged yourself that you are doing ministry? How do you wrestle with that? Yeah. I just told Stephanie the other day, we were talking and I said, I finally feel like I'm in my in the best mental mm. mindset that I've ever been in when it comes to who I am, what I'm doing, mm. why I'm doing it. Uh, we were actually at uh, Ashley Willis's birthday party. We had mm -hmm. a big bunch of people and I was sitting there and I, I just, I felt the greatest I think I felt in, uh, I don't know, any time in my career. It's because I was there. Because you were there, you're close. <laughs> we were just there and we, we were, I was able to be real. Uh, everyone that was there was friends, but, yeah. but also work related to, but it was, it was a good feeling. It wasn't, stressful. I, I enjoyed being with the, the people that I was doing, you know, friendship with, but also XO with, and just, it was a great group of people. Uh, yeah. and I just, I could be real. I could be myself. Yeah. I could, I could, you know, uh, sit there with Stephanie and, 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 and have a glass of wine and, and be with friends and be open and mm -hmm. just be who I am mm -hmm. personally right? with the confidence that God, that's who God made me. Like I'm, I'm being who I'm, uh, uh called to be without any, any reservation. I didn't feel like that night I was being somebody I wasn't. Wow. And I feel that way now in my role uh, at XO is that I just, I just really believe that what I'm doing is what God called me to do, mm. supporting my dad. I think if I, getting outside my comfort zone would be preaching and teaching. I honestly just don't have a, I've never, I've never desired that. So I don't, I don't know why I would try to force something that so good. doesn't have. Yep any resonation with me. It's not like a, Oh, I would, I would love to do that, but I'm scared. I'm not scared to do it. Mm -hmm. I just honestly don't want to, don't want to. I don't, I don't have any, I've never, I've never like when you're, when you're in the audience and you mm -hmm. see somebody preaching, you're like, oh, I just want to get there and talk. I want to, I want to, I want to preach. <laughs> yeah. And that's what a preacher should do. Yeah. That's what they should, they should want. What I'm thinking about is, and I think I've told you this over lunch is like, I was watching a clip of you. And I was like, how do I take that? And get yeah. it to the maximum amount of people. That's yeah. what gets me excited. So why would I spend my time That's trying so to good. become a great preacher when I would rather uh, help the preachers that I know become great? Well, in it's what good. They you're do. being driven by your calling, not driven by some desire or ambition to be someone or to be noticed or to be recognized. And I think that that's that's really where where true happiness can. But we be trickle found. that down to to our team. So everyone on our team knows the conference afterwards. Like every person that that's came good. that was ministered to 
was a byproduct of yes, and it's and it's true. There's not one person on our team that's uh, not contributing to the ministry that's happening at, at the conference. That's so important. Well, um, I don't want to I don't want to keep you, and I don't want to extend this podcast longer than it should be. But I could just hang out with you all day, Brent. Why but... is there time limit on this thing? <laughs> Why is there gonna be time? No, it's great. I gotta go pick my daughter up at school anyway. Well, you know, we we hang out, we're friends, but I just want you to know how how proud I am of what you have done at XO and, and um, it's, it's been amazing to watch you flourish there, but also just your ministry. You may n- never thought of it that way before you, but you have a ministry. And so appreciate you appreciate your friendship. Our kids are the same age. Our kids go to the same school. Our wives are friends. So it's just been a pleasure to be a friend. Appreciate what you appreciate you appreciate what you do. Thanks for being on the podcast. Check out John's message from the XO conference this year. It was amazing too. So thanks for having <laughs> me on. So thank you again for watching. Hey, um, if you want more content, go to churchintention.com, churchintention.com. There you can see all kinds of articles and resources um, from faculty at the King's University and other resources and other pastors and leaders. You can contact us if you have suggestions or questions, please reach out. Thank you so much uh, for watching today. We love you. Uh, Thank you, Brent. And we'll see you guys next episode. Thank you for listening to the Church Intention Podcast. For more information, visit churchintention.com. TKU is an accredited university preparing men and women around the world for spirit-empowered ministry leadership. To learn more, visit tku.edu.